This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. That y'all are here tonight. Hey, up on the screen are all the different ways that you can give. One thing right now that we would really love you to partner with us in giving is towards our backpacks and school supplies. No kid should have to go to school without supplies, right? I was a teacher for many years, and I always had extra things because I did not want those kids to go without because it's not their fault. So when you give your tithe, when you give offerings, you can give an offering and say backpack supplies. If you like to shop, go and buy some things. On that little flyer, you'll find all the things that we're collecting. And then listen, if your kids or your grandkids need help, sign up. You can do it online. Those of you watching online, there's a place you can go to on the app or the website. Um, If you're here, you can do it online or out at our information center. There's also some paper forms that you can fill out, okay? As well as next Wednesday night, it's baptisms. If you have not been baptized as an adult, where it meant something to you, because you know, when I was little in the Methodist church, I was sprinkled. But when I was 27, I was immersed because it meant something to me. And so baptism doesn't save us. It just shows what's going on on the, in, on the outside, excuse me, what happened on the inside, how Jesus is changing us. It's the outward expression of that. So next Wednesday, we're having baptisms. You need to sign up for that so we can get you the directions. There, you can do it online or out at the information center. We want all of you to do that. Hey, men, this Sunday night, there is a special night for you. We want you. We want you to come to that Sunday night at 6 o'clock. All right, we're going to get into today part two of our emotional health series. If you did not get the yellow handout, raise your hand up, and our ushers will get one to you. Just keep your hand up, and they'll get it to you. And what I'm going to do, last week was so foundational, I'm going to do a real quick Uh, review of last week. How many of you were here last Wednesday night or you watched online? That's most of you. If you did not, you know you can always go back on YouTube, you can go back on Facebook and catch the sermons, the video of them. You can also go to our podcast channel, search for the church name, and you can find those. I did put the handout, it's the blue handout over here. I put that there. If you want the notes from last week, and there's something on the back called a genogram, I'm going to talk about that. Did anybody complete their genogram? Did you work on it? Anybody? That little family tree. Oh, y'all did not do your homework. All right, we're going to talk about it again tonight, okay? So let me pray before I start. Lord Jesus, I just pray that you would come and visit us tonight. Lord, we want our hearts to be healed. We want to walk in emotional health, God. We want health in every area of our life, Jesus, so that we can be better witnesses for you. Holy Spirit, we ask that you just come speak to us, heal the broken places. In Jesus' name, amen. 
All right, here's your quick review. Ready? 3 John 2 is the scripture we're talking about in the whole Thrive series. Y'all should know it by now. We've said it every single week. Beloved, I pray that you would prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. So God wants us to prosper in every way, right? These two are not on there. I'm quoting them. Then last week we talked about Mark 12, verses 30 and 31. And God, he said, what's the first commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Go to your, the top of the paper and look at that little diagram that I put. They're going to put it up here on the, on the screen. So when he says, love the Lord with all your heart, that's the spiritual part of you. When you love the Lord with all your soul, that's the emotional part. That's what we're talking about last week and tonight. Some people may think, well, why are you talking about emotions in church? Because that's part of us. That's part of us. And we want to be healthy in every part of us. The next one is our mind. Guess what the next two weeks are going to be about? Mental health. And the church needs to talk about mental health, right? Very important. Then the last one we talked about at the beginning um, was our, with all our strength. That's our physical health, and it's very important to honor God with our physical health. Not on there, but right there in the middle, it goes with all of them, is, he said, love your neighbor as yourself. That's social or relational health. That's going to be at the end of August. I'm going to do a two-week teaching on that as well. So here's just some highlights from last week. Okay, I put them on your paper. When we continue to stuff our emotions and feelings inside, any of y'all stuffers? Yeah, many of us, okay? We will either start to leak out gradually onto our relationships or explode suddenly when we can't stuff them down anymore because it just gets too full. How do we know if we're emotionally immature? It's in our ability to process anger, sadness, or hurt. That's, that will reveal how our emotional health is doing, okay? We mature spiritually when we allow God to heal the emotional pain on the inside of us and surrender it to his loving care. This was a statement I made. We cannot be spiritually mature while remaining emotionally immature. They just don't go together, okay? To the degree that we are unable to express our emotions, we remain impaired in our ability to love God, others, and ourselves well. And that's the whole thing about thriving. Loving God, loving others, loving ourselves. And the last review thing is we're all shaped by our families of origin. The work of growing in Christ, which is called sanctification, that's a biblical term, it demands that we go back, back in our past, in order to break free from unhealthy and destructive patterns that prevent us from loving others and ourselves as God designed us to. We are going to dive into that one tonight. So we're ready. Ready for tonight? Let's go even deeper. We're going to talk about principles of emotional health. 
Number one principle, look beneath the surface. Look beneath the surface. See, emotional development can be well hidden in our lives. We can walk around with that painted smile on our face and we can act like we're spiritual giants when really on the inside we're spiritual babies because our emotional development is so, so behind in our years. See, emotionally healthy people take a deep, hard look inside their hearts asking, what's going on inside of me that Jesus Christ is trying to change? Do y'all know that that's what every week pastor gives an opportunity at altar call time? And that's when we take that deep, hard look inside of us. We're caught, no matter where you are during worship, the Lord starts, if you'll just let your guard down, the Lord is wanting you to look inside. How am I doing? How am I doing in these different areas? How am I doing with my emotions? That's what Jesus, he wants us to change. See, our life is like an iceberg. We're gonna go into this a little more. The vast majority of our life, we don't see because all we see is the surface, what you see above the water, okay? The vast majority of us is underneath and hidden. That's our, like our emotional life. And when we are self-aware, when we are letting the Lord come in and let us look, working with him to look in those deep places in our hearts, it's gonna make us more like Jesus. We're gonna go deeper and deeper. See, the bad thing is, it's really comfortable and really easy to stay in that comfortable, broken place because that's what we know. That's what our families did. And let's don't rock the boat. Let's don't talk about family secrets. Let's don't break out of those family chains. Pastor Solomon was talking about that. We, there was some chain breaking going on there in worship. But it's easy. See, y'all know when you've lived a lie for so long, it seems like the truth until Jesus and the Word of God begins to convict us of those things. Here's on your paper, an authentic relationship with Christ takes us into the depths, the shadows, the strongholds, and the darkness deep within our own souls that must be purged. You know each of us has some darkness in there, and we each have a work to do to let the Holy Spirit do. I told you the word for that in the Bible is called sanctification and discipleship, where we're growing more and more like Christ. And you know what? Most people, they're like, yeah, I do that. I'm already doing that. You know, we think that. I thought that for a lot of years. We're like, yeah, I'm good. I'm a good Christian. I got things together. And you know what? Things will come and expose you. They'll come and expose you. Trust me. I have seen more things exposed in this past year than I ever cared to. Some very painful things that, guess what, we can't live on the surface. We have to allow the Holy Spirit to let us, to allow Him to go down deep into those places beyond the surface areas. Many of us have things down underneath that we've hidden, 
and we think nobody can see them. I want to show you a picture of an iceberg. This is really cool. Look at that. The top 10% generally of an iceberg is all that you see. That top part, and it looks so big. But boy, when you see a picture like this, you see the majority is underneath. It's hidden. People can't see it. Now, some people might know. If they know you well, they might know that. See, only about 10% of our life, probably, we're consciously aware of. But I have a question for you. How many of you have seen the movie Titanic? You can probably watch it weekly, <laughs> the reruns of it. Okay, when the Titanic hit the iceberg, which part of that iceberg do you think made that unsinkable ship sink? Was it what was on the surface, what they saw? Or what, is it what was underneath? If you've watched the movie, you see the people are up on the surface, they're partying, they're in there having dinner, there's the musicians playing, and they're acting like everything's okay, like so many of us do. We live surface and we act like our lives are okay, when underneath, there's a lot of stuff going on. And God really wants to do a work deep down inside of us. In the same way, on your paper, most of us shipwreck or live inconsistent lives because of forces and motivations beneath the surface of our lives. And some of these things we've never even considered. We've never thought about talking about. We've never thought about changing these family patterns. I want you to look at John chapter 8, verses 31 through 33. This, this is pretty funny because Jesus, there's some religious people. People, the Jews, and they thought they were doing good, like many of us. And Jesus calls them out on their little surface discipleship. Verse 31, Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, when you continue to embrace all that I teach, you prove that you're my true followers. For if you embrace the truth, it will release true freedom into your lives. That whole, the truth will set you free. Listen to their response. Here, the Messiah is giving them these truths. And this is their response. Verse 33. Surprised by this, they said, but we're the descendants of Abraham and we're already free. We've never been in bondage to anyone. How could you say that we will be released into more freedom? Does it sound like us sometimes? Pastor makes an altar call. We're like, I'm already free. I already have all that truth. I don't need to respond. What would people think if I went down there for that altar call? I love it because we have one of our police officers here in church, and we have a few other men. Bob Worth is one, and it, it blesses me. It doesn't really matter what the altar call is. They are the first ones to respond. And they say, we've always got to get, keep our heart right, always dealing with where my heart is. That should be where we are. Don't let it be said of us that we already say, I got all the freedom I need. Listen, we'll never get to the end of needing freedom in this life. 
sadly. Just when you think you're there, the enemy will bring the next test. So we need, we need the truth of Jesus to continually set us free from our emotional pain. Continually. Don't be afraid to allow Jesus access to all the hidden parts of your emotional past so that his healing touch can change your future. See, if we let him into our past, he's going to touch our future. If we don't let him into our past, we don't open that door, how's he gonna get into our future? Second principle of emotional health is called breaking the power of the past. This is kind of what we were getting into from last week. We're gonna go back in order to go forward. See, when we're emotionally healthy, we understand how our past affects our present ability to love Christ and others. So our past affects our present ability. You may say, no, 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 I don't live in my past. I'm past my past. That's a great thought, and that's good. But so many times, our past, it's like baggage that we carry. Like into marriage, we're like, oh, we just love each other, and it's all just gonna be great. And we bring these big suitcases of baggage from our families, and we bring them in to our relationship. And we act like, we begin to unpack those and we act like our past isn't gonna affect our future. It will. We've got to deal with our past and let Jesus touch our past so that he can heal our future, amen? And there's that complex relationship between the kind of person we are today and our past. Each one of us are affected by the things that happened. Many things shape us, but the family that we have grown up with is the primary, and there are rare cases when it's not, but the family we grew up with, we're gonna call it our family of origin, is the most powerful system that will shape and influence who we are. And we're gonna talk about three families that, shape, that affect us. We each have three families that affect us. First family is what I'm talking about, our family of origin. These are the people you grew up with. Now, I told you last week that if you were adopted, there's a little bit of a twist there because not only do you have your family that you grew up with, and some of you didn't grow up with your biological parents. There weren't very many of you adopted last week, but raise your hand if you grew up with someone other than your biological mom and dad. Many of you were raised by step-parents. Um, many of us, I mean, there's all kinds of different situations. Pastor Stormy and I took in a girl, um, and we, she lived with us for her senior year and we were not biologically related in any way. So we have, but we're shaped by our families of origin. If you were adopted, if you were raised by someone else, sometimes it might do good for you to look back into that biological family to see what generational curses are there so that you can break them. 
not to go back and celebrate what happened, but to awareness will help you to know what to deal with. Second family is our present family. The present family that we're living with. Who lives in your house? And we have all kinds of families, y'all realize that. We have, you know, the dual parent families, the nuclear, you know, dad and mom. We've got step families. We have siblings. We have aunts and uncles raising kids. We have grandparents raising kids. We have foster families here in the church. Lots of present kinds of families, and that influences us. We have a little foster baby. The mama, well not mama, I call it, she's the mama, the foster mama, has had him since I believe he was two weeks old. He was in the hospital last week with RSV. He's not quite a year old now. I'm gonna say he's about nine months. Well, every time I see that little one, and he doesn't look like her, it's very obvious he's not hers. I just go and put my hands over him and I say, Mario, you are loved, you are wanted, and you're valuable. So I was texting with his foster mama last week while he's in the hospital. And uh, I, tell, I said, you tell Mario this. Mario's out of the hospital now, praise God. So there's all kinds of families and I believe Mario's life is gonna be affected by the family, the present family he's in, no matter what happens in his future. The third family we have is our spiritual family. Did y'all know that? This is a family right here. Our spiritual family. What's really unique, good and bad, is sometimes we're closer to our spiritual family than we are to our natural family, biological family. That can be good, that can be bad. If you come, if there's toxicity, if you come from a toxic family, it might be good that you're really close to your spiritual family. And that's why we have the church. That's why we should all be in church. And I love all of you watching online, but find a church and get in the church because guess what? We're a family. What does family do? We take care of each other. What does family do? We get on to each other if needed. What does family do? We love each other and we help each other. So we have these different types of family. And I talked last week on the back of that blue paper about something called a genogram. This is like a family tree, but it's you go back and look at not just names, but you look at generational patterns of thinking and behavior and events that have happened. Uh, in psychology, they call it earthquake events. These would be big events that happen that totally change the makeup of your family. So at the end of the service tonight, I ran off about 50 copies. It is a very detailed genogram paper that will lead you through how to do it if you're interested. If you feel like there's something in your past, some baggage that maybe you haven't worked through, I encourage you, pick one of those white papers up and work through that, okay? It's gonna help you to look back. Look at your parents. What kind of marriage did your parents have? Was there divorced? Amanda, our daughter, had two friends growing up, and they would tell her, one of her friends, 
Her parents divorced when they were in elementary school. A very traumatic thing happened and they divorced and she's still suffering the effects of that. She's almost 40 years old and there's still effects from her parents' divorce. That was one of those earthquake events. And this genogram just helps you to look back and see, is there any unfinished business in my past that's affecting me today? Why do we do that? Why would we need to go back in order to go forward? Because some people are like, I don't want to think about the past. I don't want to stir up those old, old skeletons. I don't want to, it might trigger me. Why would we want to look back? Because we can only change what we are aware of. We can only change what we're aware of. Some of the women heard me Friday night and I talked about self-awareness. Self-awareness, taking a look, it's that whole taking a look at ourselves. If we're not aware of something, how can we let God heal it and come in and change it? And I will tell you, this exercise of looking back, this genogram exercise, thinking about it, looking back, it's really hard for some of us who grew up in what we would call functional families. Now, you know, there are those families and you're like, oh yeah, bless their hearts. They had, you know, divorce and there was abuse in their family and the parents, you know, there was drug addiction and alcoholism, but my family didn't have that. This can be a difficult exercise for those of us in those families because don't act like your family was perfect because there are no perfect families. Shake your head, is that correct? Because you may think, my family's just crazy. Nope, there's a little bit of crazy in every family. But we cannot act like we don't have anything. See, there could be really deep roots of prejudice that ran through your family. There could be deep roots of abuse that's not talked about. There could be really deep roots of poverty that runs through a family. All kinds of things. I want you to look at uh, Genesis chapter 3, verses 11 through 13. This was back, we know God had created the earth. He had created man and woman. And he had placed them in the Garden of Eden. And we all know, we're going to talk about some boundaries in a minute, but God gave them a boundary and they violated it. Verse 11, this is what God said. He said, have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? The man replied, it was the woman you gave me who gave me the fruit and I ate it. What a great guy. Verse 13, then the Lord God asked the woman, what have you done? The serpent deceived me and that's why I ate it. See, that's the original family that we all descended from. A family, Adam and Eve, they began mankind with rebellion and with disobedience. And we all are born with that in us. Now we know Jesus comes in and he redeems us. Thank the Lord for that, right? But we did all inherit their sin nature on your paper. 
Jesus redeems us from our sin. Yes, thank you, Jesus. But many of us still suffer from the effects of the emotional baggage passed down to us from our families of origin. Every family has been damaged. Looking at the past illumines the present. Man, when you look back and you begin to discover these things, you're like, ah, that's why I act like this. That's why this has happened. That's why my aunt and uncle did this. My brother, my sister. It illumines the present and answers a lot of questions. But it is painful to dig up family secrets and patterns. Did you know that most parents did the best that they could with the broken tools that were passed down to them from their parents? I look at my mom and dad. My mom's probably watching. They were great parents. Were they perfect? No. But they did the best that they could with the broken tools that were passed down to them. Have you ever tried to use a broken tool? If you're trying to cut down a tree and your ax is broken, you're not very effective, are you? Well, that's how most of us are with our sin nature. See, what happens in one generation often repeats itself in the next generation. And for this reason, it's easy to observe patterns. That's why we do this genogram. We look at patterns. Some of the patterns that I thought of, alcoholism, that's a big one. I mean, if a child sees his parents and they have the liquor cabinet, they see daddy passed out drunk, they see mama that she smokes pot, drug use, addiction gets passed down. It's that baggage. Pregnancy out of wedlock. I've seen this, and there's no judgment here, okay? We love, and all babies are precious and valuable, and we will support anyone. But y'all know it makes a hard life when a child is born without the nuclear parents both there. Um, anger. If you saw your parent angry, guess what? It's easy. You grew up in a house that it, you heard anger, you heard yelling, there was physical beatings. That's what's normal to you. Sexual abuse is a big one. As we've gone and ministered in Juarez at the orphanage there, it, is, it just breaks your heart. One time we're doing a purity seminar for the girls, and I talked to the director, Josefina, and I said, now, um, I'm gonna t I should talk about sexual abuse. I said, I'm sure some of the girls, and she said, no, not some of them, all of them. And I said, what? And she said, all the kids, the boys and the girls have been sexually abused. And it, there's a, again, family, there's some stigma there. You don't talk about it, you cover it up. And guess what happens when we cover it up and don't deal with it? It repeats. And it, generation to generation. And you stand up and you tell someone. You tell someone if something's happened to you. Poverty, racism. Even food issues can be passed down from generation to generation. Every family, everyone, is marked by sin and pain because of the original sin that we came from. Question for you, what is my family marked by? This is something to really consider and pray about. 
Exodus chapter 20. I want to go back and look at this. Pastor has read this. He has taught this to us. If you haven't um, gone and listened, I think that was just like, I'm going to say five Sundays ago and beyond. He did a whole series on generational curses in his forgiveness series. But this is the scriptural basis. Exodus chapter 20, verses 5 and 6. In the Ten Commandments, God said, you must not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God who will not tolerate your affection for other gods. I lay the sins of the parents upon their children. The entire family is affected, even children in the third and fourth generations of those who reject me. But I lavish unfailing love for a thousand generations on those who love me and obey my commands. See, the blessings and the sins of our families have an impact lasting for at least three to four generations. An impact lasting three or four generations at least. See, we can also be affected in our present lives by traumatic events that have happened to us or our families. The early death of a child or a parent. Amanda had a college roommate and her mother died when she was the oldest of six children. And she, her mom died when she was 16. That has shaped her and her siblings that they grew up without their biological mother. A traumatic event such as a death, a diagnosis of a disease can shape us, a debilitating accident, divorce, abuse, rape, all kinds of painful things in our past can move us to act and behave in certain ways. And you know why? We act those ways so we don't experience the hurt again. We, we are shaped by those things. And we try to protect ourselves from being hurt again. Um, how many of you have been watching the Olympics? Very interesting. The first night, I believe, I don't, haven't watched it that close. But the first night, I was just doing things, and I saw Simone Biles, you know, the famous, the goat of gymnastics. They said maybe the, whole, the best athlete there at the whole Olympics. They did an interview with her. Now this was, okay, this was before the past two days, I'm going to get to it. Before that, they did an interview, a pre-recorded interview, and they talked to her about how she was doing, and she talked about a traumatic event, and how she tried to bury it. You know, I'm doing things and I'm like, this is exactly what I'm speaking on. I started listening and she talked about being molested by the team doctor like many of those girls on the Team USA gymnastics team. And she talked about when the allegations first started coming out, she didn't, she said no. In fact, her mom even asked her. And she said, no, no, that didn't happen to me. And she said, I kept that buried because I didn't want to talk about it. I felt like that would show that I was weak or, or something. And she said, I kept it buried until I couldn't stand it any longer. And she kind of had an emotional breakdown. And she said, I called my mom, told her. She came out, said that she was one. She stood up for all this. That was in 2018, I believe. Let's fast forward to two days ago. 
She's getting ready to compete. And she didn't do well, and she pulled herself out. Then we know yesterday, she pulled herself out from the team competition. And she said, I am not where I need to be. Emotionally, mentally, she's dealing with a lot of things. I give her a lot of credit, and we should celebrate people that are dealing with things and are trying to get help. Instead of being like, what's wrong with you? We need to celebrate and help people. And guess what? If it can happen to someone like that on a national platform, international platform, I should say, what do we think about us? Do we need help from traumatic events that have happened to us? See, in this day and age of Ancestry.com and 23andMe, some skeletons may just come out of your family closet. Have any of you done those genetic testing things? My family did, and guess what? I found out I had another aunt that I never knew. My mom had a sister. Someone she grew up with that was a friend of hers was actually a half-sister. Uh, we also gained a first cousin that we knew nothing about, a second cousin. So there's things in our family's history because no one has a perfect family. No one, but God wants to heal families and deliver us. We're almost done here. See, our fear of bringing things into the light of the present drives many of us to just bury those painful parts. But here's something, write this down. Unhealed wounds open us up to habitual sin against God and others. It opens us up when we have unhealed wounds. We just keep hurting, because guess what? Hurting people do what? They hurt people. So if we're hurt and we've never allowed God to heal, imagine if your knee, it's, it's not healed and you just keep hitting it over and over and over. See, uh, hurting people hurt people. We lash out. We don't know why we do these things. That's why we let God come in and heal us on the inside in our emotions. See, God cannot heal what we will not reveal. He cannot heal what we will not reveal. I'm not telling you to make a banner and wear it across yourself that you came from abuse. But I am telling you, find a way to get healed. You let Jesus come in. Go get counseling. We are big fans. If you cannot get over a hurdle yourself, you need to find someone to help you get over that hurdle. God wants to heal you. See, discipleship is this process of putting off the sinful patterns of our family of origin and culture. And here's the good news. I know this sounds like a big downer. I'm not doing that. The good news, if you can look back and say, man, I came from a lot of crap in my family. There's a lot of junk in my past. How could God do anything with this? Here's good news. Becoming a Christian is to be birthed into this new family, the new family of God. This new spiritual family can reparent us into emotional wholeness as a disciple of Jesus Christ. We can be reparented. Now, I had great parents, 
not perfect. But if you came and you're like, man, my parents, they, they didn't do a good job parenting me. Guess what? God has placed you into a family and they can help you on this journey of becoming a better disciple of Christ. Third thing, we're almost done. Receive the gift of limits. Receive the gift of limits. We said this last week. We must have healthy limits and boundaries in every area of our life. With ourselves, okay, whatever. We can't just allow ourselves to look at things, eat things, do things, and think there's not going to be consequences. We have to have limits and boundaries on ourselves and with others. See, this is very important, respecting boundaries and limits. See, Adam and Eve's original sin that we talked about was all about boundaries and limits. Remember, God said, well, let's look at that. Genesis chapter 2, it's going to be up here, verses 16 and 17. God set a boundary. He said, the Lord God commanded the man, you're free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. The tree confronted them with God's authority. It's like your child. You say, don't go out into the street. Do not go past this sidewalk. Do not go past it. That's the authority. See, God said, here's the, here's the boundary line. Did they do that? No, they did not respect that. We need to trust and surrender to the God who knows what's best for us. Amen? Jesus modeled living within God-given limits. Did y'all know that? Jesus modeled that. He didn't heal every single person that came to him. Now, he could have, but he didn't. He didn't deliver every demon-possessed person. He didn't build a church and stay in every town that they wanted him to. He didn't let every person that followed him become a close disciple. He didn't go in person to the Americas. Did y'all know that? How dare him? He didn't go to Africa. He stayed in his lane of what he was called to do in the boundaries that God had given to him, the limits that were on his life. And yet in John 17 and verse 4, this is what Jesus said. He didn't say, man, I wish I, you know, I, I could have gone to all these places. He said, I have glorified you down here on earth by completing the work that you gave me to do. So see, we need to live in our lane with the limits and boundaries that God has placed on our lives so that we don't hurt ourselves by overworking, by overdoing, overcompensating for people. See, boundaries and limits protect our emotional and mental health. A healthy boundary, this is very good. Write this down. A healthy boundary shows where my responsibility ends and someone else's begins. You cannot do for others what they should be doing for themselves and have a healthy relationship. You cannot. And don't think you're the exception to the rule. Don't think that you can go on and you're like, well, you know, I'll just do this one more time for them and they're gonna get it. They're gonna stop taking advantage of me. They're not. They're just going to keep going 
Because human nature is they will not do that, okay? We've got to let people suffer the consequences for the decisions that they make. Parents, are you listening? We're gonna talk a lot more about boundaries when we get to the relational part, so don't miss those. So to end tonight, at every season of this journey of wholeness, there's gonna be difficulties. It's not gonna be easy to look back. It's not gonna be easy to examine what our families have done. But there's healing in that. God wants to come and heal every broken place. We need to have courage. We need to have courage to stand up, have those healthy boundaries, set those limits, look back, look under the surface, go deep with God. I want you to stand up and close your eyes. Lord Jesus, we just give you permission. We give you permission to come. Come into our hearts, shine your healing light. Shine your light, Jesus, and show me every broken place. Lord, I want to be healed. I don't want to walk around limping any longer, handicapped in my life because of my past. I want to be emotionally whole, God. Holy Spirit, come. Come and show us. Father, if there have been traumatic events, I pray, God, that you heal. You heal, God, from the trauma that has happened. Father, heal. Heal every wound, God. We look to you, God. You are our healer. In Jesus' name. How we're going to end tonight is, I'm going to ask our prayer team to come on this side. And I understand this is a lot of information, and it was pretty deep. And some of you have been through things. You're not alone. You're not alone. Our prayer team's going to come up here. And if you have something that you want them to agree with you about, they're here for you. Pastor Solomon's just going to keep praying, playing. And I believe the Holy Spirit wants to do a work of healing right now. Over here on the side, if as you leave, there's last week's notes. And then I told you there's a, I think there's 50 copies of this genogram worksheet. If you want one of those, you want to go back, you're going to be brave and take that deep look at your family, then pick one of those up. But I love you. We are here for you. And we're walking with you to see each of you made whole in Jesus. Amen. Thank you for joining us online. We love all of you. We'll see you on Sunday. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.